Hey there, everybody. I'm so glad that you are with us today. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is one of my favorite moments of the week to be able to open up the Bible with you and to share with you what God has been laying on my heart and hopefully our hearts connecting as we listen to God together. So thank you for taking this time and being with us in worship. We're jumping right back in in John chapter 6, verse 22. It's an interesting verse where it says, The next day the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. So that is a very descriptive sentence. We're going to need to take a closer look. And it's kind of a weird verse to start with, but here's what's going on. It starts by saying the next day. So we're like, okay, after what? After Jesus walked on water. So the next day after Jesus has walked across the lake, here we are in John chapter 6. So just a little background. Jesus has fed a crowd of 5,000 people, 5,000 plus, with two fish and five loaves of bread. Uh, When that started, he was trying to get some quiet time, but instead he had to feed this crowd. So he tried his quiet time again after the big meal. This time a storm came against his disciples that were out in a boat on the lake, and he has to walk on the water to calm the storm and join them. And it's sort of like, I wonder, like, anyone have hungry people and afraid people ever messing with your quiet time? We're like, yeah, all the mamas say, amen. (laughs) You know, we we can all relate. And so the next day, the same crowd from the feeding of the 5,000 who are on this now opposite shore from Jesus and his disciples, they realized that only one boat had been there the night before, and Jesus had not got in the one boat when his disciples did, but they left without him. So that helps us get to this next verse, verse 23. It says, Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Okay, keep reading. It says, once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So there was one boat that the disciples got in. Jesus did not get in that boat. The next morning, there's no boat, no disciples, and strangely, no Jesus. So when some other boats show up, a group gets into those two to go figure out where Jesus is and how he got there. You with me? (laughs) What they're wondering is, how does a guy who doesn't have a boat get across the sea? Verse 25 says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? You hear it, right? When did you get here? Like, how did you get here? Really, they're asking Jesus, what is going on with you? So they don't know. They have not figured out that Jesus walked on the lake but they've definitely figured out that they want to stay close to this guy. Do you see it? They don't understand everything about Jesus, but they can't keep themselves from following him. And that's where a bunch of us are at. You know, we've not yet figured out all that Jesus has done. We hear stories here. You know, we think, sometimes you might think, I've never heard that story. And sometimes you may feel like everybody knows the stories, but me, and you start feeling like an outsider. Well, here's what I want you to know. This is exactly where God works and where God wants to work in your life. If you're in that place saying, I don't know all the stuff Jesus did, but you have this feeling you want to stay close to him. Uh, That's the deal. And just an insider tip, if you feel on the outside, like all of us have heard the stories, what I want you to know is we forget them all the time. And so we come back to the story anew with you. There's a sense in all of us of how did Jesus get here? I don't understand all he's up to, but one thing I do understand, I'm staying close. So here's what I'm going to say to you today. Stay close. Stay close to him in the story. 
So they ask him, when did you get here? And this is what Jesus answers. Verse 26, Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Really, he's saying you had your bellies filled up. Verse 27 says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Jesus says, you're following me around, not because you think I'm the son of God and not even because you're fascinated by the miracles. That's sort of what we think sometimes. People are just following because of the miracles. He says, no, you're following me around because your belly's got filled up by some really good bread. And just a quick aside, if you're new here, I am pro bread. I am not keto. I am not carb free. I am carb full. We're the donut church. I love bread. Bread is good. That's a summary of my kind of uh, my deep love for bread. So I understand that many of you may, you know, their dieting techniques and not eating bread is I've been told healthy. I'm sure it's good for weight loss. What I'm just trying to say to you today is it is not biblical. Okay. I'm being silly. I don't care what you eat. My wife is keto. Pastor Mark is keto. They both seem like happy enough people. Um, most of the time. But Jesus is using bread in a very specific way with this crowd of people for a very specific purpose. He says, you like the bread. I get it. Your belly's got filled up. That's why you're coming back for more. But here's what he says. He says, stop working for bread that spoils. Jesus is saying, I have something else to give you. And so they ask him, okay, what do we have to do? That's verse 28. It says, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus says, I have something that only I can give you. And they say, okay, what do we have to do? Jesus says, I can give you eternal bread, eternal life. They say, okay, fine. What do we have to do? And this is what Jesus says. Verse 29, he says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Hear the gospel, friends. This is the gospel. This is the good news that Jesus proclaimed on an edge of a sea when the people couldn't figure out how he got there. They didn't know he could walk on water. They didn't know all the stuff he'd done. They couldn't comprehend all his miracles. They just knew that when they were around him, they got filled up and they wanted to stay close. And so they're asking him, what are the membership requirements to be with you, Jesus? What are the membership requirements to get the good bread, the eternal bread? And Jesus says, Here's what you have to do. Believe, believe, believe in me. As we study this book of John all this year, the purpose statement of John's gospel is found at the very end in chapter 20 of John. Verse 30, he says, Jesus performed many other signs, those are miracles, in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. In, in other words, there's a bunch of stuff Jesus did we don't know about. But, verse 31, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus did all kinds of stuff. You don't know about all of it, and I don't know about all of it. But the thing we're after, the real life that we need, is found in believing in Jesus. So, how do you get the life? How do you get this life, Jesus? Is it by exemplary church attendance? No. Is it by being one of the top givers to the church? No. Spotless moral record? No. Being kind in the grocery store? No. Feeding the hungry? No. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to drive a point home here because if we miss it, we will miss the good news of Jesus. There isn't a thing 
that you can do to earn life. You aren't good enough, you aren't smart enough, and doggone it, it doesn't matter if people like you. That's not what it's about. You have fallen short of the glory of God, and I have fallen short of the glory of God. You're a sinner, and I am too. And the only thing that saves is the unmerited, undeserved grace of God who sent His Son, Jesus. And we get all the life, all the forgiveness, all the goodness when we believe. Now, I would love for you to be online worship or be in person every week. I would love everyone to be a top giver. (laughs) I implore you to live a good, moral, holy life before God. Be kind in the grocery store. Please, you represent Jesus. Feed the hungry. Jesus did. But you're saved by none of that. You're saved by Jesus. Not anything you can do so none of us can boast. Wow. (laughs) So the people encountering Jesus have something really important to ask him. Because he says, all you have to do is believe in me. That's all. That's all you have to do. And so they ask him. This is verse 30. It says, they ask him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? They are literally asking Jesus, what can you do to prove it to us? They're like, can you do a miracle? This is the guy who just walked across the lake. He's the guy who just turned five loaves into 12 overflowing baskets after thousands of people ate. And they say, hey, Jesus, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. Little background. These people who are saying this, their ancestors for 40 years received every day on the ground bread from heaven. Real bread, God's bread, miraculous bread. They've heard the stories. They grew up on them about this bread their, you know, their ancestors got. And they, they're saying to Jesus, we're the people who God provided for in the wilderness every day. But what they're saying to Jesus here, what they're literally saying to Jesus after they witnessed him bring bread out of nowhere is they're saying, our ancestors had bread from heaven. Where is our bread from heaven? They're saying, we want our bread. Emphasis on our. We want our bread. They're saying, we've heard of what you did back then. What are you going to do for us? You see what the people are asking. Where's our sign? Where's our miracle? We can't live any longer off of our grandparents' miracles. We don't remember the story good enough. I went to a nice restaurant uh, this week. They served the meal in four courses. Pretty fancy, yep. I was there with a group of pastors. Uh, We'd been on retreat together, and we went out to dinner uh, one night at this place. Mark was there with me right across the table, and it was my suggestion. I had been to this place before with Rachel, and I wanted these guys to enjoy it. But do you know what they bring out even before the first course? Want to guess? Yeah bread. And so I could see the other tables getting it before us. I had, I had a full view of the restaurant sitting there. They're bringing out these little baskets with a black napkin covering the delicious bread. And I don't know if this ever happens to you, but you ever, I was sitting there wondering, why are the other tables more important than mine? They were all getting this bread. Why are they getting the bread? We've been here long enough. We, we were here. I even knew who I, we were here before, right? Like we've been here before them. We've been here with them. What's the deal? Have they forgotten us? Do they even know we're here? You know, we want our bread. We began to chant, we want our bread. We want, no, we didn't. But that's what I felt on the, on the inside. And and eventually, like in two minutes, we got our bread and it was amazing. Warm. They had real butter. I even saw Pastor Mark eat some. I didn't say a word. I just let him enjoy it. I guess keto is not keto out of town. Anyways, um, but the, the thing is, is bread is good and we all want our bread. 
And this moment in John chapter six is a very, very important biblical moment. And it can seem like it's not. It can seem like an obscure conversation. You know, it's not the feeding of the 5,000. Everybody's heard of that. It's not Jesus walking on water. It's just a conversation between Jesus and a couple boats full of people who can't stay away from him. But listen to what they ask. They ask, where is our bread from heaven? And Jesus answers with a statement that will get him killed. Where is our bread from heaven? And Jesus says, I am the bread. He says, I am the bread of life. I am. I've told you, uh, we've talked about the book of John is centered around seven miracles. Well, it's also built around seven statements where Jesus says, I am. They're called the I am statements. And the first one is, I am the bread of life. It says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Skipping down just uh, a little bit uh, to verse 40, it says, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. In the Old Testament, the people of God were slaves slaves to an evil king. The king was killing their sons. But one mama saved her son by putting him in a basket in the Nile River. And that little baby boy was pulled out of the water by the daughter of the king. They named him Moses, which just means to be pulled out of the water. And Moses grew up a prince of Egypt. But all the while, he was a Hebrew, a member of the family of God. And that Moses ends up leading the slaves, God's people, out of captivity, through a Red Sea, escaping an army, into the wilderness, and then wandering around and hungry with empty bellies. And God made bread rain from heaven. It was the evidence of God's provision, God's presence, and yes, God's salvation. And then the great, 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 great grandkids of those bread eaters in the wilderness say, Where's our bread? How do we know God is with us? How do we know God's taking care of us? How do we know that God is going to save us someday? Where's our bread? And Jesus says, I am the bread. He makes bread for everybody in an all-you-can-eat buffet for 5,000 plus. And then he walks out onto the water to help his disciples. And then he connects those two stories. The guy who does the bread thing and the guy who can walk on water says, I'm writing a better story for you. He's not the new Moses. He's the new bread. <laughs> and guys, you don't have to do anything to eat at his table. You just have to believe. And there ain't nobody that can make anybody else believe. You can't make your kids believe. You can't make your grandkids believe. You can't make your co-workers or your country believe. It's your choice. And it is a choice to believe. You have to come to a place where you say, I know that I can't earn life, at least not good life. I fall short too many times, but I believe in Jesus. So I'm claiming a better story for my life starting now. I mean, do you ever wonder if God's going to take care of you? Do you ever wonder, like, is God going to save me from this situation? Do you ever wonder, like, where's our bread? Well, Jesus says, I'm the bread, and he invites us to believe. And so I ask you today, do you want to do that? <laughs> do you want to do the work that God requires? What's the work? The work is to believe in the one 
he has sent. His name is Jesus, and he is coming to where you are, the great bread from heaven. Let us pray. God, I pray for the heart right now who wants to put their trust in you, who wants to say, I believe in Jesus. Maybe like me, at times they think, I don't know all the stories, I don't have it all figured out, but I want to be close to him. And so I pray for that heart right now that they would receive. Whether it be the first time or someone who's sitting listening to this for the thousandth time who needs to say, I believe in Jesus, <laughs> that he is who he says he is, the bread from heaven. Jesus, would you meet us in this moment and help our uh, thirsty souls to never thirst again? our hungry bellies to be filled up just because of who you are. Would you save us? Would you change us? Would you meet us? Lord, heal us. Do what you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.